from Thieves Harbor, Singapore. To the corrupt casinos of Macau, across uncharted seas and treacherous jungles. Journey to a lost civilization. With a reluctant hero. Get out of my way, you're not my type. And a lady who loves to be rescued. Destiny froze them together. Again. Willard! And again. Come on, scream! More. Come on, you scream! More. More again. And again. I belong to you, body and soul. You're kidding. No, wait! And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Oh, I really can't leave you alone for five minutes, can I? The perils of Gwendolyn in the lost, lost land of the Yik Yak. Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. Dear Lucas and Spielberg, why no boob in Indiana Jones? Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra-scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action. What is this? See? In Virginia, use the molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me! Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer fools, but I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration or you study grindhouse movies at my feet now! Choose! Uh, I choose not disintegration. So be it. In one month, I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to the- Now go! And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell Experiment! Virginia, summon the subject!
I'm sorry for keeping you waiting, my little lab monkey. Uh, Virginia, could you, could you take, care, take care of that, please? She'll take care of it. And, and, and let, let him sit. He can sit. But chain, but chain him up like, you know, like you do. Why am I dressed like an Amazon warrior? <laughs> I don't need this, a bra. <laughs> you watch this movie and you ask why you're dressed like that. Uh, I hate thongs. <laughs> so, I'm assuming uh, you watched. Can Virginia turn around? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing she hasn't seen before. Uh, I... I do have some missing time. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So. This I don't know what gonna... to say about this one, man. <laughs> Gwendolyn. So it's pushing, pushing the line, man. Also known as the perils of Gwendolyn in the land of the Yik Yak. Also known as, where was this movie when I was 13 years old? I don't know. I, when, well, when, when I was 14 years old and, and had, had stolen Cinemax in, my, in my, my teenage bedroom, why wasn't this movie playing like 24 hours a day on oh, Skinemax? I, I don't understand. Cinemax looked at this film and went, uh, that's a little bit too much. A little, little too much, yes. A little too French. And the, the thing that is, uh, is amusing about this, this is actually um, the second sexploitation film we've, we've covered. And oddly enough, it's the second film based on a comic book, and we're going to get to, to the comic book in a moment. Now, are, we, are, are you counting the first one as yes. the nudie musical? No, no, or, no. Or as a uh, oh, thriller? Okay, counting the nudie musical, we've done three. We've done... Uh, the Nooney musical, we have done um, Manual and the Cannibals with uh, our good friend J.A. Conrath, who is going to be coming back in a future date. And we did, uh, and we're doing this one. The thing that is interesting about this one, which was released on January 25th, 1985, is that, and I've shown you the poster for the American release, there really isn't any indication that this is anything other than a ripoff of Indiana Jones. Yeah, and that's mystifying because you would think you would want it front and center yeah. that, hey guys, there's boobs here. Lots of boobs! Yeah, this is not... It's Indiana Jones, it's Romancing the Stones. Stones. It, it's the quarter <laughs> But with boobs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and, was, and why that that's what is going to put asses in the theater seats? I'm guessing is, yeah. I it's weird. And look who's front and center on the 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 male lead is front and yeah. center. There's a there's a giant cast of naked women in in the movie, and they've got and they've got dollar store Bruce Campbell on the yes. in the front. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that is sort of accurate because. As I told you before we started recording, this film should have been named Beth the Kicker of Much Ass. Yes. Because Gwendolyn, despite being the name in the title, doesn't really do a lot. 
No, she doesn't. She's just sort of there. Even when she has to fight, Beth has to sort of <laughs> come yes. in and do the fighting for her. Yeah. I, all the time I was just thinking, Beth, you got you got the, the raw deal in this film. You're the one who's going through, who's like beating everybody and telling her how to beat everyone. So, um, this was based on a French bondage comic which was released as a series of soft cover paperbacks here in the states uh and the artist was referred to as john willie gee does that sound like a pseudonym yeah there, um, there were a lot of names that sounded like pseudonyms but i was just going are they french <laughs> am i pronouncing them wrong <laughs> Um, is it used yakin or is it just jackin? <laughs> well, this is what we know about the the director and writer just jackin. He was born. He is French, so he was born on August eighth, nineteen forty, in Vichy, Allier, France. So he was a, a Vichy French. And besides Gwendolyn, he uh, directed such films as Lady Chatterley's Lover. The Last Romantic Lover, and uh, Girls. So you can kind of see. Yeah, he's a he's a um, he's he's a he's a low budget. Um, oh, what is the director? Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can see where his mind was at. Um, yes. Casting call for twenty year old girls. <laughs> yes, and this is even weirder than I remembered it. I was thinking it was going to be boring at first. Yeah. And then I realized it's not going to be boring. It's not going to be good, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be boring. <laughs> like, I don't see, and and I know it's supposed to be a bondage film and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but I've, I don't think I've ever seen a nudie exploitation movie more fine-tuned mm -hmm. for, like, a teenage boy who's never even gotten close to having sex yet. <laughs> I, that I cannot see, like, psychologically just that, like, there's nothing in this movie sexual that has anything to do <laughs> with the real right. actual sex act. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's it, and it's it's just a, a glorious buffet of nudity for yeah, a cause... for a teenage boy, and then weird, like that. Just you know the way that the characters. I mean, I I'd really like to see the comic book because I'd like to see if this is just like a slavish adaption of it. Because oh oh, the, there used to be uh, a company that my mom got the catalog from every couple of months which was like a, a, a discount book clearance catalog mm -hmm. sometimes she would buy stuff from it and i would always look through it and they always had plenty of copies of gwendolyn in the land of the yik yak uh -huh. and let me tell you something judging from what i saw in that catalog this is very accurate okay so that's Extremely accurate. That's what I was thinking. 
I was thinking this is sla- like slavish because the dialogue oh, is for one, it's so comic book. It's you know, mm-hmm. just just ex- comic book exposition, and just the whole the whole love story and yeah. and the characters are so broad. It mm-hmm. totally reminds me of um, oh, what's the comic book artist? I think he's I want to say he's Italian, um, Milos Manera. And yeah, Manera, his I think comic Spanish. In, yeah, I know who you're Spanish. talking about. And you would see his in heavy metal. And, right. And the characters talked a lot like that. They would they would just sort of verbalize their internal monologue, which is usually very simplistic. Mm-hmm. And and then I was also noticing this is an action movie, and the action is very insanely well planned in this movie you know they like the the first shot is this tracking shot through a a city scene that that is obviously a set but it's an Mm -hmm. incredibly well dressed and populated set Mm -hmm. and there's action there's there's just you know um composed action going on in it all the time there's cars coming in and doing things and driving away and yeah and people crossing each other's paths and it's all very synchronized Mm -hmm. but it's all filmed the action Mm. in this is filmed very dry yeah it's almost like they it's almost like he had the director of photography laying everything out like the comic panel and letting it just sort of play out on the on a static panel, it was a very strange. This is style. an film in contrast to Danger Diabolic, which is also very quote unquote comic booky. Yes, but there is a life and an energy in Danger Diabolic that is not here. Yes, there is a, a sense of posedness, if you will. Yes, to a lot of the a lot of the set pieces. Stage staged and edited very statically. Mm-hmm. And not, I mean, it could have worked better with a mm-hmm. with a with a little more planning. But it, it, yeah, it makes a lot of the action very dry, and the only thing that saves it is they really like, they 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 obviously on some level realize that and made the action. You know, they planned it out like the fights mm-hmm. are very synchronized, and you know, and there's some really fun stuff comes out of it like at the end the chariot race that's that's hilariously filmed because it's a chariot race with with women dry and then i'm wondering why are the women on his chariot why don't they just stop right (laughs) you know it's not like they're it's not like they're actual horses that just don't know that they're supposed to run they're just like these guys are the bad guys we can just stop right we're supposed to catch these guys, but it's, it's so, but it's not because of the way he it's directed. It's just the fact that it's so absurd that you're having this chariot race with, with people pulling it and they rigged it all up. It's the real thing. Yeah. (laughs) A bunch of women running at top speed chasing after, and it's just such an absurd picture that it's wonderful, you know, and this yeah, movie's and filled with little moments like these, that. Huh? I recognized a lot of these set pieces from the covers of those paperback books I was telling you about. Uh-huh. And like I said, very accurate. But, I mean, yeah, 
how do you but the, but the thing is it's not like it's it's like but the thing about the peril of Gwendolyn Ka- well I guess if they were showing up in those in, and I know that ma- I, I think my parents used to get that magazine mm-hmm. too and uh but like it it seems to me like it's like okay this is good source material for a nudie mu- movie that'll pull people into the pictures but it's not like <clears throat> there's this huge I don't know maybe in France fan base of of Gwendolyn fans that want to see you know their their comic adapted properly mm-hmm. well you this know, is there a are, comic there's got to be some of those people but the main like to make money for the the money maker of this movie is like hey here's Raiders of the Lost Ark full of naked women and that's all you need and it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just it's it's I mean I'm glad the the filmmaker was probably a fan of the comic and and mm-hmm. wanted to do it right and 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 I and I can't fault and let's be that. honest too it's Indiana Jones with a lot of naked women and one of them is Tony Katane yes yes oh. and and I mean this this is what I mean by perfect thirteen year old it has the <laughs> logic of they're in the rainforest. It starts to rain. He's like, "Quick, everybody, take off your clothes, so you can so you can drip water through your clothes into the canteens when there's water pouring off every leaf in the forest." And so the so the women just are like, "Okay, take off their only take off their shirts and then just run around for the next ten minutes like that and without even bothering to gather water." (laughs) So. So it's 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 just that it's catering to that it's it's it doesn't have a lot of pretense of being like that's what I hate about most sexploitation movies is they've got to sort of dance around the whole thing and come up with a really sort of like cheesy pretext to have all this happen and then just sort of tease you and so this this movie is just like hey girls take your shirts off. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's we're, we're we're 15 minutes into this movie and we have yeah, not yeah. seen either of your breasts, and and that's how you make it. That's that's, that's exploitation. Yeah, <laughs> you get teased a little bit in the scene in the in the casino. Yeah, where the guy tears open uh, Tony Katane's blouse just before that signature weapon shows up well they were they i think they were they were doing the thing that i think they were picking on us a little bit and going yeah well you know maybe she's the star of this so maybe she'll only do a little cheese you know right. cheesecake in it we you know but no yeah I, I mean they did draw lines they never they never had they never had the the the, the needed lesbian scene with yeah. with with beth and uh Oh, I thought that was going to happen, though. I, uh, I was thought it was going to happen over and over again. I was praying. I, I had a whole altar three, set up waiting for it to happen. In Act 3, when he's using that ludicrous samurai outfit, waiting to be yes. introduced to her prize. Yes. And, and Beth comes in and starts telling her what to do, because Beth, of course, kicks the most ass. Um... I, I was expecting them to start kissing. I was really expecting that they're, they're I had two Barbie doll voodoo dolls pushing them together going, come on, <laughs> trying to get a little sympathetic magic going there. Yes. But no, we no. We should what, mention, by the way, who, who 
we should tell people what the, the plot of this movie is. Uh, and also mention who some of these people are, considering we're, we're already praising them. Um, so, it's the 30s, I think. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. It, it's, it's some weird, nebulous, pulp fiction right. sort of place. It could be anywhere from just before World War One or World War uh, World War Two to the fifties, technically, because you don't really see any like the whole area that they they traverse in this story is all you know just sort of like arrested in time in that time period. Nobody's. I don't. I don't even think you see like a. Well, you see some cars. If there were some car yeah. experts in there, they could tell us what year those cars were, but. Um, no, no planes or anything like that. That like dead giveaways yeah. and stuff like that. So, so which Gwendolyn, is fine. It's obviously taking place in an alternate universe yeah, from all of reality. Place, yeah, takes place in an all nudity universe. Yes, um, yeah, similar. It's 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 a it's a neighbor. It's in the same neighborhood of universes as like where Russ Meyer lives. <laughs> they're, they're in that same same town. Yeah, probably one of Beth's children became Emmanuel. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely not Tawny Katane's children. No, it was no. Beth's children. Uh, Tell yes. Beth is Beth if if yeah, Beth was Beth was a keeper of, of that group. Beth, of the three our three leads, Beth is the only one who seems to actually be thinking about how do I we get out of this situation? What do we do? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, Tawny K. Uh, I mean, the Gwendolyn character just is just totally like reactive, and yeah, well, she's and the be- Beth character is 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 portrayed as being really wimpy, but at the same time, she will face reality. Yeah, and and Willard is just Willard, just sort of like, you know, he's he's just he's just along for the ride waiting for right. whatever opportunity to to escape or what or whatever but that was played by Zabu Brightman and god bless her she's still alive and she's still working to this day well i was calling her and and uh, willard dollar store bruce campbell and dollar store olive oil she's very shelly Duvall olive yeah, oil well, she's in very the beginning and lanky and ha- she has that page boy haircut. And she does the same sort of, like, especially in the beginning, she does the mm-hmm. same sort of musical speaking, you know, blah, 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 you know. And, and uh, I don't know if it was paying tribute to it or if it just worked out that way. I don't think he's paying tribute to Bruce Campbell, although he's no. being very Bruce Campbell without the charm of Bruce Campbell. I think he was going more for Harrison Ford. Yeah. But uh, hey, and he's boy, what an unlike like, like. Can we talk about the acting in this? Holy yeah. shit! Oh. This is the worst acting of any of the movies we've done yet so far. Hey, you I know, think. You want to know the surprising thing? Direct writer director just jacking. I'm sorry. Uh, insisted the cast rehearse for three weeks before filming. See, I'm putting it on his shoulders because the way. The, the 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 bad acting has almost a style to it yeah. as if it was directed 
in that way. And, uh, and it seems like the only people who pull off looking like they can act are, is anybody who's older and British. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and everybody else is just like chewing through their words, you know? It seems like, um, the guy getting the blowjob basically wins the Oscar in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I think Jackin was tr- was trying for a specific style, namely mm-hmm. the movie serial style, mm-hmm. which is a little bombastic and over the top. And campy, yeah. The thing is, most of these actors, particularly Tony Katane, who, let's be honest, she's there for one thing and one thing only, uh, and Brett Huff, never experienced that style of acting before. So it's like kids playing at being. Yes. Play rather than, uh, but then you get people like uh, Jean Rougier who played Darcy. And uh, Brett, Ber- Bernadette Lafont, who played the queen, who kind of. She knew- wasn't bad. She wasn't yeah. bad, but she was like, she was <laughs> dialed down. Yeah. The thing is, you kind of, they kind of knew what they were in. So they Have played... you ever seen Forbidden Zone? No, I've never seen Forbidden Zone. There's a queen in Forbidden Zone who's very similar to her, but she knows how to chew, chew, <laughs> chew the scenery. And like, you know, she's basically playing, I don't know the, I was it Carolyn Monroe in, in Barbarella? Who played no, the... no, with Jane Fonda in Barbarella. No, no, oh, I mean, who played... Yeah, Anita Pallenberg. Anita She's Pallenberg. played the Anita Pallenberg character, who right. and and that's 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 some, you know, that's some big pasties to fill, man. Yeah. She, you know, if you're gonna, I mean, they. The the Queen's part was fun, and and her interplay with her with her little little, uh, pet guy was her fun. Toe, yes. But it, it was. You it know, was, it was dialed down. They could. I mean, if you go, if if by the time we get to the point where the queen strides in, right. in that movie, what are you worried about about going over the top? Yeah, you know, exactly. You've already spilled we out five thousand pounds of boobs at this yes. point, and have and people hit like the, the, the torture room at this. this yeah, point. people being dunked in water and tor and, and, and yeah. in their torture room and stuff, and now and the queen can't. The queen can't be more over the top you know yeah, i mean and, the queen the should is, queen should be acting like a drag woman... queen hmm? i'm sorry go ahead she should be acting like a drag queen from a john yeah. waters movie you know like queen carlotta from um I, I can't remember the movie off the top of my head but you know Could you imagine john waters directing this yes <laughs> it would be such a, a different and Cause... different but it i mean i can imagine john waters directing almost anything and yeah I I I I I so sad that he's that he's retired never to d- retire yeah cuz um could I just I'm just picturing you know divine as the queen yeah right now um but the other thing is if this film was made 10 15 years earlier you know that Terry Thomas would be playing Darcy cuz that is a that is a Terry Thomas role of Emperor Soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 
it's the chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the way, and, and the mustache, and the way he it just. It, yeah. Oh, this is this is it, it's a mess. It's weird oh, because it's, it's, it's full of like people who die and their eyes open up and yeah. rubber rubber blades on their hand knives and all uh, weird like the the like weirdest random gore like the guy getting his ears ripped off. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> you know, just just stuff like that. And and you're watching it and you're like, is this a violent movie? No, this is kind of a goofy movie. Oh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they they build up that one tribe of of natives as being very, you know, totally evil. Then they turn out to be kind of buffoons, and it uh, and then all I of a love... sudden we're having a Benny Hill chase. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like see, they're going like, they're not doing Scooby Doo, are? Oh my God, they're doing Scooby. They are doing Scooby Doo. <laughs> There's like people running one way. The the only thing that they like left out were the hard camera edits where. <laughs> You know, and and the bubblegum and the bubblegum music. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The the yakety sacks, and then a little old man who just like yeah. runs, little short old man who runs up in his underwear every once in a while. People pat him on the head, and then he runs yeah. away with no teeth. <laughs> oh, God. I wonder what it was like to be that guy who, who I'm sure he did not want for anything because he, I'm sure he was paid very well, but knowing that his only job in life is to be a, a, a funny is to be a bold guy that Benny Hill could pat on the head. Well, I always think those jobs, uh, I always, I always think of those jobs. I call those jobs Melman's mm-hmm. because of Larry Bud Melman mm-hmm. or, 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 or they, you could call them Gene Gene, the dancing machines too, where you have somebody who's like on set, you know? Right. I think Larry Bud Melman was like a hairdresser or something. And, or no, no, I'm thinking of Clara Peller was a Clara, okay. or or they get Clara Pellard, you know. Then mm-hmm. she was a hairdresser on set, and then someone said, "Oh my God, this woman's funny, but she's only sort of funny in her limited sort of way." Right. So, so where's the beef is born, or Larry Bud Melman is born, and that's what I sort of figured the Betty Hill guy was like the guy who swept up at the studio, and they were like, "Dude." Right. <laughs> You're funny looking. Come on. Yeah, and 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 probably with those guys, they're just like. Oh my God! I I cannot believe that now at this point in life I'm comfortable because all I have to do is come around here and run around in this in my underwear with these models around. So now, I, since we were talking about the Chiapas, I mean tribe, that guy's obviously dead, and we're still talking about him. Yes. <laughs> since since we're we're talking about the Chiapas tribe, I want I want to bring up my one of my favorite scenes in this movie, which is Beth. Lays down the law. Yes. And it's like, the tribe is so stunned that she's talking back that they do nothing. Yep, it's that, it's that, that great, I, I love those great moments of, I, I love those, those moments of like, where you just stun, stun your enemy into just a moment of... <laughs> Um, <laughs> and they, that I actually, thing. I actually, this is a weird tangent, but I just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. I, I watched the, I, which I thought hadn't come out yet, but is out and already like on video was the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay. And uh, where was I going with this? Oh, it 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 had that that one scene of stunned 
it, like probably the the only like laugh out loud moment of it mm-hmm. was you know they the 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 they always have the shtick of where Silent Bob will speak one time during yeah. a movie. A bunch of characters have been captured by the Ku Klux Klan and are right. about to get burned, and so so Silent Bob dons a a, a Klan outfit. Mm-hmm. And then immediately just starts giving all the clan members the speech from Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh. <laughs> just breaks into the whole like I'm from corporate here to straighten you out, mm-hmm. you know. And and this is for clothes and goes into the and and just you know leaves them in confusion for just long enough mm-hmm. to, to rescue everybody. And so I always love scenes like that. That's why I always love the Tom Baker. Doctor Who. He always, that mm-hmm. was one of his standard methods. One of my favorite Tom Baker moments. It's from a uh, it's, it's from a serial called The Seeds of Doom. And he and Sarah Jane are captured by the thugs in, in the employ of the major villain who is trying to get this alien seed because he's a plant obsessive. I remember that I I, I I remember that one and it, it grows into like this plant yeah. thing that grows out of a house, right? It's like yeah. this giant yes, plant, does. yeah. And so the head thug goes, All right, tell me what you know. And Tom <laughs> Baker without missing a beat goes, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart at perfect pitch. Just, I always just liked where he'd just like offer he he would be yeah. in the hands of somebody just be like you like a jelly baby can <laughs> offer you a jelly baby <laughs> anyway we're we're going well we're not going quite far because Doctor Who is kind of in the same sort of well the amount of genres throw I mean there's science yeah. fiction elements fantasy adventure and th- this is. This spends about 44 minutes trying to convince you that it is just a good old pulp action story. And then we reach the land of Oz. Mammary Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the mashup. This is basically like um, Indiana Barbarella. Yeah. It goes. Um, it, it just shifts gears into Barbarella land, mm-hmm. like very quickly. And I guess maybe that has something to do with French comic books. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I think that uh, has something to do with with John Willie, whoever he may be. Uh, I think we know what was on John. John Willie was just what was going. What can I do to put women in in bondage situations? I know. Yeah, I I, I like that. That that Willard is also he's sort of Indiana Jones, but instead yeah. of a whip, he he hooks people in the neck. Oh, what a! How many times are you gonna hook someone in? And then he even hooks people in the neck by accident. Yes. <laughs> oh god! But uh, it's like that, you know, the whip. That's a great pulp. What? But this, who ever thought of like, oh yeah, he throws a grappling hook into people's necks. It's just like, what are you insane? <laughs> Not only is it a grappling hook, it's a grappling hook with a switchblade in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. 
And he um, has style with it. He hooks people yeah. so they're not dead, so he can just keep them hooked up. So yeah, <laughs> if they pull out the hook, they they bleed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's. Uh, Brett Brett Huff is terrible. Who plays Willard? And Tony Katane is there basically to be Tony Katane, which is great because Tony Katane is one of was one of my major crush objects of the eighties. She's and, beautiful, but man, her acting is what. Once again, we must ask: Is this because she can't act, or is this because this is how she was directed to act by just Jackets? Well, I mean, I mean, it's a. I, I, I have a feeling it's, it's a combination now. of that, and it's what your offer, what your role, your mm-hmm. your your. I mean, she doesn't have a. I mean, as far as a character goes, she has. No character. Motivations and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but they're not attached to a real human being. So it's all right. just like I need a, I need my father's butterfly and and you know the the my father's butterfly. <laughs> That's basically it, you know. And and I'm wow, very like surprised they man. did not pull Dad was still alive. I yeah, thought I, for sure. I thought Darcy was going to be the, the. I thought the, for sure. As soon as they showed him looking through a microscope, I'm like, oh, of course, Dad's still alive. They mm-hmm. they they sent some other body down the river or something, but Dad made it. And now we're gonna have. And they had the first scene where the, she's like, "What do you think of her?" And he looks at her, and I thought he was gonna go, "Gwendolyn," you know. Yeah. But. No. Nah. Darcy's just a toad. Yep. But uh, the thing is, though, I mean, yes, she's gorgeous. Uh, I've seen her in other films, and she's okay in other films. Uh, I think, though, it's hard, even though she's instructed to act in this stilted, over-the-top way, there is something about her beside her beauty that just draws you to, to her. She's got that certain... Yeah, I, I think if Roger Vadim had been directing, yeah. he could have gotten more of a performance out of her or, yeah. or something. Or, or or like, I mean, the, the, the thing about it is, like, she's, like, any sex appeal she has is almost despite the direction and stuff right. in this. Because, yeah, she's running around half nude and stuff, but... There, this is gonna this is gonna sound horrible, but this is the well, the reality the of sex exploitation about. movies. Yeah. There is a value to having. Uh, there, there's, 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 there's more talented pervs. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like Roger Vad- Vadim and and like Russ Meyer. Mm-hmm. You could tell there was a perv at the camera. Yeah. And the way they filmed it was was exploit was super exploitive but they knew how to get the stuff how to get the the nudity in there in a really sort of like mm-hmm. not elegant way but an a, artistic way but exploitive you know what mm-hmm. i mean it, it would it, it so it, like he knew like Vet, vet, like during Barbarella, he knew like how Jane. He was married to Jane Fonda. He knew how she well, moved. He knew. Roger he knew what had, made her sexy. He knew, yeah. you know. And and I mean, obviously, like her body parts make her. She's a yeah. beautiful woman, but Jane Fonda has a face and a pout and a way of holding herself and stuff and putting and co- the way cost the way the costumes were designed mm-hmm. on them and stuff. Pure perv. 
right. but you know done by an expert perv this stuff is like ah you put her in a and and you get her boobs out or put her yeah. in her in her amazon outfit and you're gonna see the you're gonna see her butt in a thong and stuff yeah but and it's yet, just sort of there it's just sort of there and mm -hmm. it just it, it it doesn't dwell on it yet it has yet <laughs> this whole movie is made to dwell on it. yeah and <laughs> it's yet, made for a 13 year old boy to obsess mm -hmm. and rewind and stuff the so, hottest she she is in the whole movie is when she's in the safari outfit. Right, right, right. And, Partially and, because she's she has something to act against, so to speak. She's got this willfulness in that sequence, and just and she just looks great with the with her hair done that way. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 working on her uh, on her personality <laughs> but like but also like body language and stuff yeah. like that and and yeah and and like there's 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 a a aspect of the that that's missing to this movie the stuff the stuff is in there like mm -hmm. you know like vedim would have would have filmed that torture place a lot differently it would yeah. have been a tracking a tracking shot mm -hmm. over each you know different this person's hanging this person's yeah. getting dunked in water and all this and it would have just sort of moved through it and stuff this just shows you a big <laughs> big shot of like it's like a factory full of people yeah. getting getting tortured and and you get the idea of it but it doesn't drive it home and and express it artistically yes uh it's, it's it amazes me this got a major release in 1985 I, well, I mean, I would, I would, I would have put money behind it because I would have been like, if you go into pure sleazy, mm -hmm. you know, um, can't remember the name of the 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 agent from uh, Thriller, a cruel picture. Oh, okay, but yeah, from, yeah. From that, from Tony's point of view, it's like mm -hmm. it's got it all. You know, Indiana Jones is hot. Even the ripoffs of Indiana Jones, like Romancing the Stone, are making tons of money. Yeah, why I mean, not even, do why not do a naked version of that it's like you, you you're not worrying about critics you're not worrying about anything you're not worrying about selling it because it's a naked indiana jones and it would be just like yeah you'd make it cheap and and get it out there and yet nowhere in the american release poster does it mention by the way th it there are naked people in here this movie should this movie be famous should be Everybody yeah. that's my age and and around my age should have grown up just like living by Cinemax or whatever they, <laughs> they would have played this on, you know, and just been and like, you know, the, the, the stuff like people are like, oh, yeah, my puberty was formed during, you know, uh, Phoebe Kate's scene and in yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There should be a whole generation of guys just going like, dude, Peril Gwendolyn, remember that? <laughs> you know, I counted 475 boobs in there, and it drives me nuts because I wanted an even number. <laughs> because there's the one girl with the with the one with the one in the uh, the Amazon armor with the one breast exposed. Yeah, the 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 one that's like that's not, that's more like real Amazon right there, yes, right? Yeah, they're supposed exactly. to have one breast protected. But I'm like. Why does she get to cover a boob? 
Yeah, there's some weird hierarchy going there of people yeah. who ha- who get to wear bras and people who don't get to wear bras and people who get to have hair and people who don't get to have hair. It's like it's like the, the whole sequence, the whole city sequence, seems to be somebody's idea of appropriating the other because it's like you've got this kind of mediterranean influence and then you've got these girls waiting on the queen dressed in the geisha outfits with the with the makeup roman elements in there it's like like well let's let's not talk about just jacqueline or just (laughs) jackin john willie this this movie tells you more about john willie than i think anybody needed to know yeah his mind was in the gutter, man. Well, I mean, oh, let's hope so. He came up with the old old straw fondle. That was a new scene. In, <laughs> oh yeah. That sec that 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 scene. There's so that, that scene. There's two scenes in here that just sum up a teenager who does it, and and I'm not saying anything about myself or anything. Yeah, uh, like you know, when teenagers just have this weird, or you know, or you know, young boys who don't know anything about sex, and then they're seeing, they're seeing that's the the fir- first the scene where they're tied up, yeah, and he's 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 giving her the old straw fondle. He's picked up a piece <laughs> of straw with his teeth and he's he's caressing her face with it and talking yeah. about how how they would make love if they could make love. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, dollar store Shelly Duvall is tied up behind him with her face sticking yeah. in his butt, <laughs> listening to all this, and and like starting to like sympathetically get off on it. And I'm like, all right, so this is some teenage boy would be watching this, going like, oh, oh, okay, taking notes and stuff yeah. that is totally gonna get him like embarrassed for the rest of his life, and then. When they, when the two, when, when, when Willard and Gwendolyn finally be, get to make love, right? It's, it is totally like, you know, that that te- It's like the, it's like this huge ceremony. It's this right. huge, like, big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally happening. This is this is what I always figured it would be like. Tawny Katane comes and mounts me in her ceremonial dress. Get this! John Willie's cart uh, comic strip started in the U.S. magazine Bizarre in 1946. So this this is huh. I used to love Bizarre magazine. Yeah. But it's it's uh I wonder if I, I have a few old bazaars. I wonder if I have any Gwendolyn comics in there. I have to go dig them out and see. I don't know. Um, the the thing is, this is a film that literally fell through the cracks, and thankfully, Severin Films has, has decided to re-release it this year on uh, on a Blu-ray, giving it you know the restoration treatment 
So they they either have released it or already or or will release it uh, by the time you hear this. But prior to that, it was tough tr- trying to get a hold of this film. Well, the copy I found of it is is fairly nice, but mm. you could tell it was fr- like there there were there were a couple times where I definitely saw where the print had been damaged and and repaired. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it looked it looked pretty good. I mean, the production value is is right. I mean, it's nicely shot, and it was mm-hmm. it was it could have been actually a little darker and dirtier and muddier. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like cleaned up and stuff. This this will look really good. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. I I think that when this was being made in France, it wasn't treated as a tawdry a tawdry film. I think that they, they treated this as if it was a major motion picture. A That's comic adaptation. Looked, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. I, I'm looking for the, the budget, how much it, it costs, but I can't seem to find it. I was and, all ex- I got all hopped up at the beginning because the opening music reminded me of like John Carpenter. Yeah. It it was it was I was like, ooh, this is gonna have a nice it was kinda like a John Carpenter score with less electronic in it but it had the same kind of beat and everything i'm like oh all right we're gonna get some sort of john carpenter music and then the rest of the music was just very sort of like flowery and inappropriate Mm -hmm. (laughs) even when awful stuff was happening there was just this sort of like generic adventure music playing it was weird so it's like they 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 uh Cost all their creative budget on the opening music. Right. It's just it is it is a strange film, and it had a major theatrical release in 1985. I used to remember I saw the posters all over the subway for this thing, telling people it was coming. So, um, and I was like, what the hell? And for, for a second I said, what the hell was that? And then I realized, oh my gosh. It's this, like, this is from almost that weirdo too... comic book that, that they were selling in that magazine once. It's all, it's almost like a little too, a little too saucy for regular theaters and a little mm-hmm. too tame for like Times Square, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. But it would be perfect for that one crappy movie theater in a smaller city. Yeah, they 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 need on that poster at least a couple women chained to poles in yeah. in, in in their two piece suits. That would have that would have been the the weird thing. The, the the weirdest thing I though I thought is the queen was like she's the only I, one who doesn't show her breasts. Right, and and like. Like, I'm not saying that usually she wasn't. Yeah, she like usually like that character would be super slinky. <laughs> yeah. And instead, I know they were going for like she's a little older and, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it was it was just weird. Yeah. The, the portrayal of the queen was weird because it wasn't bad, but it could have it could have been so much. She could have gone down in history. If she just like right, 
ramped it up. Ramp that shit up, Queenie. Okay, so by the way, I, I want to read to you the this is the tagline that was used. Um, just a second, where? Um, in the United States, it, on these on the posters that I saw on, on the subway. Adventure without shame. Okay. True. A lost, lost civilization where no man ever has ever been. And for good reason. Technically, that's that's very true, but it does not tell you what it is. No, they need to they uh, they, they they need to tell you that this movie contains death by snoo snoo. <laughs> they, they they need to they they need to be telling you it's an ancient civilization of women that that saps the life the life essence of all men who come near it, but leave them leave them a happy shell <laughs> something like that to that effect mm-hmm. um they get to make love to the victor but now did you see the, the full-length version i saw the full-length version the 105 minute version did you see the full-length version or the american cut it, mine was uh, uh yeah mine was an hour and 45 minutes long yeah yeah okay so you saw the the, the full-length i just am wondering what, what they possibly could have cut out. I can think of one thing right off the top of the bat that, that yeah. made me think that, that, that I would cut that, that might not be, uh, um, very, uh, American was the scene in the, in the gambling house brothel. Once they mm-hmm. get there and he's got the girl on his knee and he's sort of like cupping her breast. And I'm looking at that girl going, I don't know, dude. (laughs) I don't know how old she is. I don't Uh know if they picked an actress who's supposed to look like that, but that looks a little like not the the right age for nudity in America. That was that was what I thought. I that that would be one. I didn't know there were two cuts of it, but yeah. If I was gonna say stuff that got cut, it would be that. Other than that, it's just simple nudity. Yeah, you know, there's not even they, they they really went to avoid like people touching body parts. Yeah, to the point of where there's when there's actually the one time that there's sex in the movie, mm-hmm. besides the guy getting the blowjob in the in the right. brothel at the beginning. And you'll notice that the the, the the woman is basically sucking on his belly button. Right. It's well, that's. Yeah, I always look at that as ex- exploitation movie yeah. sex where everybody makes love to the belly button. The belly button's <laughs> the main sexual organ. When people are grinding on top of each other, it's like you're going like... That's why it's made for 13-year-old boys, because they go like, oh, oh okay, I guess so. <laughs> you know, but everybody else goes one plus one does not equal three. I don't know how this is working. But yeah, it was... that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the and when they finally had sex, they have a she has a giant robe draped over. Her. The, the, whole, the whole samurai cloak. What the heck was that? Even the queen goes, I can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> what about that gown? That ceremonial gown on Queenie. It, which looked like she had. Somebody had just applied a beanbag chair to her. Yes, yeah, that's what... Uh, the, all the ceremonial gowns just look like somebody put a blanket over somebody, <laughs> basically, you know? 
Oh. I, I don't think they had the 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 like you know uh, 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 movies like this really um, benefit from having a a good fashion designer. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the thing. This thing it. is designed out the ass. This is. Yeah, what? I don't. I don't know if the the costumes were designed as as well as as they could be. It was sort of like the. You ever seen the TV version of Dune that they did? No, the one that that, that, that is it was on the sci-fi. The guy Smithy. Yeah, it was oh. on Sci-Fi Channel. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was it was very faithful adaptation. You could tell that uh, they did not spend the money on costumes. <laughs> on it though when you watch it it's just like oh shit somebody glued some felt onto some stuff and uh and that's a you know that's a big it makes a big difference you know Mm -hmm. i mean think of the like barbarella was almost like a big ad for whoever you know wherever they were buying or you know wherever they were getting her outfits you know and everything you know there were probably people going like oh i wonder if that's christian dior you know or something like that you know so so this is this what do you think of this do, do you recommend people watch this thing um if it's in your wheel if you like boobs yeah oh well if you, you like know, boobs the the internet has the, the internet has like almost destroyed the the need, the need <laughs> for yeah, movies exactly. like this the need for this film was in was in the 80s when we didn't have boobs on demand by just going on on our internet device and typing in boobies if you want to learn how sex works as a teenager now, you it's at your fingertips. So right. It, you know, whereas in those days you had to get it where you could. You had to find it. You had to go out. We had to go out there and dig and work and right. de-scramble our cable to see this stuff. And, or, or search around like, like uh, you know, the, the famous garbage porn. Like you would find porn lying in the street somewhere yes yes oh yeah garbage or you know that that was a phenomenon first porn i ever found was garbage porn yeah first porn i ever found was garbage porn was blowing down the street literally you know and uh and, and like like a movie like this now just sort of exists as i mean as a cultural artifact this is a this movie's a gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. You know, there is there is so much, you know, political incorrectness and just just the the psychology about how every part of this movie gets put into place is is fascinating and it's interesting to watch play out cuz it's so because it's it's not an American exploitation movie. Yes, yeah, no, it's you know, very, it's not it's very Porky. European. Yeah, I but I I find this better than like say Porky's as something mm-hmm. that like a teenager would watch. Well, like know? the American exploitation film usually is a comedy. Yes, it and this be- this isn't this isn't not a comedy, I guess, but it's not flat out a comedy. It has. Right quote-unquote comedy in it it's light-hearted let's get it that much anyway Mm. but it's yeah but it's like 
I mean, like the 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 Porky's style teen comedies are just like sort of like here's an excuse for nudity. This one's like here's an excuse for nudity, and it's also done in a completely illogical adolescent mm-hmm. mindset as probably the comic is and so oh, yeah. it's more brewed up to be uh like a, a, it has more psychology in it and i i always attribute that to europeanness you know the europeans yeah. are you, you know i mean like in in they they the 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 scene where that where they're in the rainforest and it's raining he's like quick take off yeah. your clothes is and and you you have these two like i guess they're supposed they're 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 all three american characters mm-hmm. but they act that more like european people like european girls are like oh see my boobs whatever you know <laughs> and she was a little shy because she's a virgin or whatever but it was it was like you know, in in an American movie, the girls wouldn't be like, "Oh shit, we gotta take our tops off." You know, there there right. always has to be some weird, you know, plot contrivance to get to get that all going and stuff. It's it's like I, ju- I just general we're just generally more puritanical than Europe in a in right. a way. So it's so it's weird. So the the European ones go a little more into the into the weird adolescent psychology of it, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe American Pie sort of went into that land a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> I, I, but it, it, it's fair. This one, I think, is a purer sexploitation film than Emmanuel and the Cannibals was. Mm, I, yes. Man, Emmanuel and the Cannibals had that plot that tried to convince you that it was a thriller. It, well, it was sort of like sex exploitation and horror exploitation mixed together, but the horror exploitation, mm-hmm. I think, really like dominated that. You know, the right. set, the the, the it, it's sort of like thriller. Thriller mm-hmm. was was I wouldn't I would put that as more of an exploitation than sex exploitation, although mm-hmm. the, the the exploitation in it is mainly like sex. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a different it's a totally different dynamic to it you know that that movie was meant to shock and upset more than it was to titillate you know and if it was meant to titillate it was meant to titillate just drawing you know just to set you up for something awful happening usually Mm -hmm. so it it was more like a like a violence horror sort of exploitation to me wow whereas this is this is like you know the actual physical dangers in this movie are you, you never feel <laughs> actual danger for these people you know it's 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 right. never taken completely seriously it's just it's just sort of there to drive it forward which is good that that works so uh but if you have not heard them yet this year we've had several great guests we uh got to sit down with the moons in May to talk about the great blood on Satan's claw. And they're coming back. Uh, we by the, probably by the time you hear this, you would have heard our annual check in with our good friend, Brian Trenchard Smith. Cause one of his films has got an awfully prescient in these times. <laughs> 
dead end driving. And uh, I think by, oh, probably by this time you've heard Joe's second appearance, too, because we promised Joe he could come back for nightmares and a damaged mind that I could not figure out where, why I never saw this film when I was younger. And then I realized it was because it was called not just Nightmare here in New York City. So, but yes, and uh, we're still planning. We're trying to get other people and uh, do visit. Hopefully by the time you hear this, there will be the, the brand new, all new, all sparkly Two True Freaks website. We're hoping. And <laughs> you can go, go there and, and follow not just us, but such great podcasts as, is it Jaws? Um, back to the bins, Ranger Chronicles, uh, with Umbrella Charm and Bowler, which is on a little bit of a hiatus right now, but it's, it's going to come back. Um, what else do we have? Oh, oh, you bet, especially since we spent the whole, I spent the whole, uh, episode laughing about, you know, just jacking. I know I'm going to mispronounce this one. J-Guy and Jedi and Jedi? J-Guys and Jedi. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's what I do with Hope Mullinex on uh well we're doing Star Wars Rebels right now, but we're running through all the all the animated Star Wars shows except for droids and <laughs> and Ewoks, but you never know. <laughs> we're doing all My the friends, li- William and William and Whitney though covered the droids T V series recently on uh Cancel Too Soon. Which is It's a, a hard watch. <laughs> they liked it. Well, there's there's good things and there's bad things about droids and Ewoks. The good thing is they were made by Nelvana Studios, which is one of my favorite animation houses. The bad news is it was lower tier Nelvana animation, but still, yeah, they have their moments. They were definitely made for a very young audience. Yeah, and they're they're interesting as they are, but they're not the 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 recent. Um, well, it started with, with during Lucasfilm with the Clone Wars and then Rebels and Disney and the, and uh, th- those have been in just incredible, um, rivaling rivaling some of the best parts of the movies. Like low key, while everybody's been crying about Star Wars movies, there's been you know half-hour TV shows for years that have been amongst some of the best Star Wars stuff ever made. So, yeah, that's what, that's what that podcast is about. Plus, it's got the, the, the mixed perspective of an of uh, uh, old gener- Generation Xer and, uh, and a millennial. So it, right. we, we definitely come from two different points of view on it. But we got millions of podcasts. Yeah, that lots, of, lots of stuff, and there's new stuff coming all the time. Like, uh, like the the, the TF, TF draft, which is yeah. going on, and was a great success, and is going to go on through, through the length of the lockdown. And we hope you're all being safe and not being idiots. Yeah, stop being idiots. <laughs> you know, do you know? why we're telling you to put on a mask because we're trying to save your effing life sorry sorry I'll, I'll be nice it's not very that's not very uh evil mad scientist of you 
Well, who am I going to rule? That's true. That's true. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, I could I could clone some yeah. people. But... I'm playing checkers. You're playing chess. That's basically yeah. what's going on here. That's right. <laughs> playing ch- I'm playing chess on five different chess boards. <laughs> With versus robot Bobby Fishers. So, yes. So, join us next time. Providing, of course, we don't have a, a special episode for Boss and you, sir. Boss, not going to say it. <laughs> you <laughs> may go! Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.
That is freaky.